Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion. For Thursday, August 9th, 2018, here today to give a recap for SmackDown Live from Tuesday night. Notes about a day late that I usually do. A lot of things were going on yesterday, so I didn't have time to uh, take care of business as usual, but didn't want the week to go by before with or without excuse me talking about you know the better brand the brand that let's face it as far as the build up for uh SummerSlam goes between uh, uh both Raw and SmackDown SmackDown definitely has the better end of things as far as stories go they definitely are giving you more uh, quality than quantity don't just have time killing uh, spots like you see on raw and that's what happens when you have uh, just a two hour show as compared to raw being a three plus hour show now for the second time in the last two weeks smackdown began with randy orton cutting a promo at a week after a malicious beating on jeff hardy had talking about once again how he's vowing to uh, um, take out all of the uh, superstars that are heroes to the fans uh, since they seem to be given the respect that he feels that he deserves and I got to tell you that this uh, this change in character for Orton going back to more of a heel here has uh, brought out you know a uh, fresh feel for his character, a, a different change. I mean, you can feel the anger and animosity toward the fans jumping off the screen when you see Randy Orton come out these days. Just how much he despises the fans. Now, how much the fans despise him. And add on top of that, you know, once he gets done with these promos without you know, having any kind of you know, silly comments, no catchphrases, anything, just drops the mic and walks off. He then leave, will always leave, and they don't play his entrance music as he's leaving. So to give you more of a di diabolical feel to what Randy Orton has become. And I got to say, I, I like, I'm... I'm interested to see where this goes from here. Um, whether they, at some point in, in the uh, future, like say next week on SmackDown, add him to the match at SummerSlam between Jeff Hardy and United States Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Because that would make things a little bit more interesting. I think as things stand right now, having that match at SummerSlam between Nakamura and Hardy uh, for the U.S. title. There's not really much of a feud there anymore. I mean, Jeff had his rematch. You could say, oh, he technically didn't lose it because Orton didn't get involved. But uh, Nakamura, his only thing with Hardy was he came out and attacked him for no reason two weeks ago just to uh, leave him a lame duck for Randy Orton. 
you get Orton in, involved there. You could have a great triple threat match uh, between these guys at SummerSlam. Allow Nakamura a successful title defense on the big stage. And just leave Randy even more infurious with Jeff Hardy to continue planting the seeds for a rivalry that hopefully they string along for a little bit. Now, what's funny is the other night they actually teased possibly a triple threat match um, for the U.S. title at SummerSlam when R-Truth challenged uh, Nakamura to a match saying maybe, hey, if he wins, he uh, could be added to that title match at, at SummerSlam. We, we all knew that wasn't going to happen because even as entertaining as R-Truth is, he's kind of just around these days to be a comedic relief sideshow kind of character. And there's there's roles for the, those kind of characters these, these days, but not in a feud for uh, the U.S. championship. And the match was left as nothing more than a showcase for Shinsuke Nakamura um, as a preview for what's to come prior to him versus Hardy at SummerSlam. But in the long run, I firmly believe that that match is going to be made a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Hell, you already made the SmackDown Women's Championship match a triple threat match. Why not make the U.S. title match a triple threat match? That seems to be the popular thing that they do these days when the big pop pay-per-views are upon us to get as many people on the show as possible. A women's tag team match took place the other night that I'm actually surprised that this did not happen sooner, where you had Becky Lynch and Charlotte teaming up against Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. Remember about a month ago, Royce and Kay were talking trash about Charlotte and Becky Lynch's friendship on uh, social media and there was a back and forth between both sides. I'm surprised that they didn't uh, do this tag team rivalry sooner between uh, the two sides but remember at the same time they were kind of doing this redemption tour for Becky Lynch trying to build her up to eventually uh, become the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship before they also got Charlotte Flair involved and made it a triple threat match at SummerSlam between the two of them and the champion Carmella. So Tuesday night, they um, crossed paths backstage, did uh, Lynch and uh, Flair, and uh, they were both talking about the awkwardness of this triple threat match, being as they're such close friends. And uh, while Becky wasn't rooting against Charlotte last week, she really would have preferred uh, getting uh, a one-on-one -on -one match with Carmella. Charlotte said when she came back, her intention wasn't to try and steal the spotlight from her, which is kind of a surprise to hear that from a flair. It was just to help her out, and then the situation uh, happened in which Paige made the match and made it so that she, if she won, she would be in the match at SummerSlam. So Tuesday night was a, an opportunity to show that, yeah, they're going to be competitive at SummerSlam, but it's not going to hurt their friendship and that they uh, will be able to work together as a team and uh, we're in 
successful in uh, doing so um, against uh, the Iconics, pick, picking up uh, the victory once uh, Charlotte made uh, Peyton Royce tap out to the figure eight. You know, uh, eventually they, they've got to stop using the Iconics as the building blocks for uh, other superstars to just step over, whether it be Asuka, whether it be Becky Lynch, whether it be Charlotte Flair. They've got to actually start reeling together some uh, victories. But I guess right now, when you have another heel as uh, the women's champion, now's not the right time to be able building them up as threats for the women's title, especially when it, it's been shown the last couple months, there have been times where they've actually teamed up with Carmella. They've uh, had them be very friendly with each other in the storyline. So uh, their time will come to get uh, bigger opportunities on the roster, but I'm wondering how things are going to play out at SummerSlam with Lynch and Flair. Who's going to be the one to stab the other one in the back? Because as we know, only one person can win a triple threat match. And you know, Carmella is going to use every tactic in the book to try and use uh, the two of them's friendship against the other. Now, after Samoa Joe's comments last week in which he got very personal about his upcoming uh, match for the WWE Championship, you know the champ wasn't going to take those comments just lying down. And uh, this week, AJ Styles returned to SmackDown to fire back at uh, Samoa Joe. And this was probably as personal and emotional a promo we've seen from AJ Styles since he came to WWE when bringing up about how uh, Samoa Joe made this personal, talking about his family, talking about how uh, Styles cares more about ch uh, the championship, defending it, and uh, and uh, the preparation for it than he does about uh, his own wife and kids. And AJ said, brought up about how, you know, leaving his family is... Uh, sacrifice that all of them uh, do as superstars, which is true because they're on the road so many times a year, but also bringing up about how it really struck him hard due to the fact that Samoa Joe knows his uh, family and that the fact that you look back, AJ and Samoa Joe have basically had the, the similar histories in this business outside of AJ's little run in uh, New Japan a couple of years ago. They've been in the same promotions. They've been up and down the road with each other and felt that Samoa Joe threw all of that away uh, in the heat of competition um, just over the WWE Championship. So since uh, Joe made it so personal with him, he's going to make it personal with Joe, saying that, at, and I quote, at SummerSlam, you'll be able to walk out at all. I mean, a, a fiery side from AJ Styles. And the only time he's really been this fired up in some of his promos has got to be in his rivalry with uh, John Cena a couple of years ago when he made it known to Cena that he's now the face of WWE rather than uh, Cena and that uh, 
it's uh, his yard, SmackDown's his show. We we saw that that new side of AJ Styles, and this is once again the, the emotions uh, coming out of him, brought out of him by a opponent that I think we've all been looking forward to him seeing him face. We've we've seen them face plenty of times before, whether it be Impact Wrestling or, or Ring of Honor, but this will be the first time in WWE they've gone one-on-one at SummerSlam. Probably the most anticipated match on the card. I mean, you could debate that up against uh, the Intercontinental Championship match or Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, which get to in a little bit. But as far as, you know, the main titles, the top titles on each of the brands, I can tell you this right now. I'm not just speaking for myself, but fans everywhere are looking forward to Styles versus Joe for the WWE title much more than we are looking forward to Reigns-Lesnar for the Universal title. I can tell you that for sure. I love how well they're stringing us along on the ongoing storyline between Rusev, Lana, and Aiden English, where we all know what the ultimate outcome of this is going to be. We all know that eventually Rusev and Lana are going to kick Aiden English to the curb because he just keeps making mistakes. It's costing them matches. And eventually he's not going to be worthwhile for them to keep around. But unlike how things are on Monday Night Raw where they uh, jump to things very quickly, on SmackDown they're uh, easing us into it. They're slowly building toward this. On Tuesday night they had... English come up to the two of them backstage apologizing for the previous week when he had cost Lana her match uh, by accident, uh, asking for their forgiveness. And, of course, they forgave him, but uh, requested that he remain backstage for Lana's rematch against uh, Zelina Vega. Now, once again, uh, the match between Vega and Lana was... Nothing uh, spectacular, but this time with having Rusev on the outside, you had a uh, confrontation between uh, Rusev and Almas. Uh, things uh, start to uh, get a little bit physical between the two of them when Almas uh, tried to uh, get involved and uh, distract Lana, allowing Rusev to uh, get there and uh, attack uh, Almas, uh, setting up a physical confrontation between uh, the two of them. And, uh, you know, Lana looked like she had uh, the uh, victory uh, uh, all locked up. Now, Rusev had pretty much taken care of uh, Almas on the outside. Uh, Lana had actually delivered a machka kick of her own on Vega, and she was uh, going to the top rope to uh, capitalize on uh, the opportunity. But once again, Aiden English got involved. Him... uh, Coming out, attacking Almas from behind, sent him flying into the ropes, causing Lana to fall. And that left her as a lying duck for Vega to pick up the victory after delivering one of uh, what is typically Andrade's, uh, one of his signature maneuvers, the double knees uh, to the midsection when uh, the opponent is 
sitting in the corner there. And now the, the victory doesn't do much to increase uh, Almas and Vegas standings, but what it does do here is it, it does continue to build more tension here, to build more heat from Lana and Rusev toward Aiden English prior to what's eventually going to be uh, the two of them turning on them. You don't know whether it's going to be next week on SmackDown, the week, the week after, um, you know, the first SmackDown after SummerSlam. But you know it's coming. We, I know it's coming. It's eventually going to happen. And that is the end of the, the cute little fun ride that has been Rusev Day. And back to more of a serious tone of things with Rusev and Lana together as a pairing. As personal as things have gotten between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, that's not the best rivalry in WWE right now. It's not anything on Monday Night Raw. It's not even the rivalry between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa on uh, NXT as great as uh, their matchups have been. The best rivalry in WWE is definitely Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Now, Daniel Bryan, I don't think, has once again reached the level of popularity. He was uh, back before his retirement, back in the beginning early stages of the yes movement but what's helping get us back to that point has uh, been this rivalry with the miz something years in the making uh whether it be when miz was daniel's pro on nxt season one or after Daniel's retirement and he was uh, the general manager of smackdown and the the Miz was on SmackDown after that draft, and they would always have tension between the two of them. To now, where we are here with Daniel Bryan back as an in-ring competitor, Miz back on SmackDown after the Superstar Shakeup, and they have built this up rightly and continued to do so on. Tuesday night with Miz avoiding showing up for SmackDown instead being on uh, a TV set somewhere promoting uh, the Miz and Mrs. requesting for an interview time which was done by uh, Byron Saxon who was live in the ring at SmackDown wanting to ask the Miz questions about his upcoming match with Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam which he had originally turned down that challenge but uh, after him and his agent negotiated with Paige, the, they got the, the match uh, put together. And what was great about this interview here is you have someone doing the interview with Miz that Miz could care less about. I mean, all of the heels, when they come out and do commentary at times, do nothing but rip on Saxon, do nothing but belittle Byron Saxon. So the whole time Byron Saxon is continuing to uh, ask Miz questions about Daniel Bryan, ask him about their match at SummerSlam. And Miz, like the great heel he is, um, would uh, ignore those questions and only want to talk about his uh, reality show. Before, after a while, with all those questions being thrown at him, Miz got ticked off and uh, berated Daniel Bryan, uh, uh, with an impassionate rant before 
to our surprise, Daniel Bryan shows up there on set, attacks uh, The Miz, uh, fights off the security, uh, looking like he, he's going to put a beating on The Miz until while security is trying to pull Daniel away, The Miz attacks him uh, from uh, behind uh, with a glass vase, giving him enough time to get away from Daniel Bryan and continuing to infuriate Daniel Bryan, uh, being just one step ahead of him at all times. You know, not, not wanting an ultimate payoff here, which would be Daniel Bryan exacting complete revenge on Miz because you want you want to leave some of that for SummerSlam. You want to leave it for what has got to be, of, as far as the non-title matches go, or if, hell, if you want to include the title matches, you can. Got to be as anticipated a match as there is at SummerSlam. It's definitely close to the anticipation as far as Samoa Joe, AJ Styles goes. I've continued to say that the SmackDown side of things has been better than Raw as far as their card goes for SummerSlam. And how, how could it get any better than Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at SummerSlam? where you have The Miz, this Hollywood A-list or wannabe uh, who continues to run down Daniel Bryan, want to belittle his accomplishments. And Daniel Bryan, after years of wanting to just beat the crap out of The Miz, is finally going to get his opportunity to do so in just 10 short nights at SummerSlam. Can't wait. I'll close up today with talking about the tag team title situation on SmackDown Live where you knew you had the finals of the tournament that Paige had set up a couple of weeks ago, which would be pitting the New Day up against the bar with the winners facing the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. The Bludgeon Brothers had a little bit of a, shall we say, warm-up um, earlier in the night on SmackDown by facing three uh, independent wrestlers, three uh, local uh, products who I'm not sure what any of them's names were. The, they actually did a spot where the Bludgeon Brothers are making their entrance and they decided to go to commercial break and continue airing SmackDown on the side of the screen. And at the end of their entrance, they showed the three uh, local competitors backstage uh, talking to each other. I would have liked to have seen that on TV. That was kind of a, a poorly timed uh, commercial break there. See what these uh, three clowns were talking about before they went down and got ultimately annihilated by Harper and Rona. See, I, I love these um, kind of matches. It, as long as you pick your spots with them. You, ha you have them every week. They kind of become repetitive. But I used to love... Uh, back when they were building up Braun Strowman as a singles competitor, when he would be in the handicap matches, would it be 2-on-1, 3-on-1, 4-on-1 against uh, independent wrestlers uh, from uh, that uh, city they were in the given week, and he would just annihilate them, tossing them around the ring. This was kind of the same thing you had with Harper and Rowan on Tuesday night going up against uh, these three guys, even using them at times as weapons uh, to destroy the other uh, 
competitors there. Just an, a, 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 a volatile beatdown there. I uh, and had to leave those guys with some bruises. I hope they were paid uh, handsomely to do the job like that. But the Bludgeon Brothers use that as nothing more to send a message to both the New Day and the Bar. One of them would be facing them at SummerSlam. And once again, you had an instant classic between uh, the New Day and the Bar. We've seen these two teams go up against each other in the past and deliver some great matchups. And Tuesday night was more of the same. What was the surprise in this one, though, is you, you figured the bar was going to isolate one member of the New Day throughout the match and work them over. It's usually not Big E that is the, the guy on New Day that gets isolated. Usually he's the one that gets the hot tag and gets the momentum back at the end of the match for the New Day. Instead, this time it was uh, uh, him getting uh, dominated, being put in a, a lot of submission holds throughout the match by uh, both Cesaro and Sheamus. They were able to isolate him by not just... Uh, keeping them in their side of the ring, but also uh, taking out Kofi Kingston ringside at points in the match, leaving uh, Big E without anyone to tag. But once Kofi uh, got back in and uh, involved in the match, quickened up the pace a little bit here and uh, left for uh, some really exciting spots throughout this um, matchup here. The, the only blunder throughout the match had to be when it looked like the bar was going to win later on and they were able to counter the, the New Day's first attempt at the midnight hour. They set up for that Irish curse uh, uh, some uh, double team move they do with uh, Sheamus holding the opponent over his head and Cesaro jumping off the ropes. Sheamus hit the ground with uh, Big E before uh, Cesaro even made contact. Now, that was Really, the only blunder you look at from the match, but overall, the the quality that that's what you want in a main event from uh, SmackDown. Just uh, high energy, qu- quick pace from Kingston, um, a uh, somewhat believable beatdown by uh, the Bar on Big E, being able to take away his. Uh, his strength uh, throughout the the match by working over his legs and uh, uh, forcing uh, the the New Day to come up with a a new strategy. But in the end, they uh, were able to pull out the victory, able to uh, work the comeback, and now they'll get another opportunity at uh, the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. I would have liked to have seen the Bar win this match because it would have been a, a different opponent for them to go up against someone that matches um, closer to their size that they have over um, most of the teams on SmackDown Live. But uh, the New Day will get that opportunity at SummerSlam. And it was kind of a cryptic ending there on SmackDown because you have the New Day, they're in the ring celebrating, uh, um, hugging it out, all happy about the win. And then they flash to the crowd and there's the Bludgeon Brothers staring at the ring from uh, one of the crowd entrances uh, without the New Day knowing. And then they just walk away uh, very stoically there, almost uh, 
a prelude, a sign of things possibly to come at SummerSlam because no one's been able to solve the, the Bludgeon Brothers yet. But could the, the quickness advantage and the numbers game of the New Day prove to be uh, too much for even the Bludgeon Brothers to handle, making uh, the New Day uh, four-time tag team champions already? Maybe could the SummerSlam be the night they uh, become five-time champs on their way toward a po- possibly eventually breaking the all-time record of seven held by Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. For this Thursday, August 9th, 2018, I'm M3, and that was my opinion. Hope everyone has a great night. I'll be back throughout the rest of this week and uh, this weekend uh, giving some podcasts about sports, give some thoughts about uh, some of the things going on, whether it be NFL or Major League Baseball. Remember, follow me on Twitter anytime at M3 Rosansky. And be sure to check out my other podcasts that I do every Monday, Keeping It Sports with M3. You can find that on Facebook, facebook.com slash Keeping It Sports with M3. Everyone enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace.